Mr. President, uh, has it been a good visit? Very satisfactory indeed. We uh, got what we came for, and our special relationship is still very special. And Prime Minister? I love that word, relationship. It covers all manner of sins, doesn't it? I fear that this has become a bad relationship. A relationship based on the President taking exactly what he wants and casually ignoring all those things that really matter to um, Britain. We may be a small country, but we're a great one too. The country of Shakespeare, Churchill, the Beatles, Sean Connery, Harry Potter. <laughs> David Beckham's right foot. David Beckham's left foot come with that. And a friend who bullies us is no longer a friend. And since bullies only respond to strength, from now onward, I will be prepared to be much stronger. And the president should be prepared for that. everybody, this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. You know, it's pretty sad when I have to open up with a scene from Love Actually to show a president who's being stronger than Biden. You know what, it's, uh, you know, you see that, you see that scene where he's, uh, if you've seen the movie, and I know it's not a big masculine movie, but if you've seen the movie when Billy Bob Thornton, who plays the president of the United States, is is uh, trying to get uh, get frisky with his, uh, with his assistant, and uh and you know, he goes hey you know what it's this is a bad relationship when when uh we give you everything that you want and you guys just ignore everything that's important to us and since bullies only since bullies only respond to be uh, respond to strength then you should be prepared for me to be much stronger and you know what if uh if if biden recognized that if biden recognized that and saw and uh realized that putin's a bully and uh, President Xi is a bully, 
and uh, Iran are a bunch of bullies. And all you have to do is be strong and they'll respond to it. But they see, they see weakness and they prepare to take to eat our lunch. And, uh, and being an American, uh, an American who pays a lot of taxes and, and uh, has worked hard for a good life, it's disappointing to me to see what's going on. And hopefully you guys feel the, feel the same way. And it's amazing to me, and the reason I use the song uh, Wishing on the Moon by Dan Fogelberg, that people are so focused on... Oh, Trump lies every time every every time he opens his mouth, he's lying about this, lying about that. Wait a minute. To a point, and I'm not saying that he lied about anything, but to a point, all politicians lie. And to a point, all politicians are taking some advantage. But Trump went in a billionaire and came out a smaller billionaire. While all the other all the other uh, presidents and all the other politicians go into to uh, office with a small net worth and come out gazillionaires, and you say, you know what? Uh, when it all comes down to it, there's a certain amount of stuff I don't like going on in the in the politics of this country, and I assume the politics of every country. The one thing that I'm concerned with is just make my life better. I'm so and and let me rephrase that: don't make my life better. Just don't make it any worse. Create an environment where I can pursue happiness. And everybody can pursue happiness. And then if you're not happy in your life, there's no one to blame but yourself. So the I look at I look at I look at some of the some of the stuff I see on social media and I just I just shake my head. Shake my head. I go, you guys are wishing on the moon. You guys are you guys are just hoping that something good comes out of everything that Biden's doing. And instead of looking at how your life is, is affected, instead of looking at how our country is affected, instead of looking at that, all you do is focus on what Trump did. What Trump did. You know, the New York, uh, New York City Attorney General uh, filed a 220-page uh, uh, lawsuit against, against Trump because he overstated his, his assets when applying for loans. Well, as a lender, let me just let me just clear that up. Um, you know what? When you're buying, when you're getting a commercial a commercial loan, you fill out a personal financial statement and you say, "Hey, I've got this property. I've got this property. I've got this property. Uh, we own this kind of artwork in our house. We own this kind of of jewelry, and we own this kind. You know, these cars, and we own this. And you put a and you put a net worth to it. And while all your personal belongings, your artwork, and your and your uh, jewelry and and your household furnishings uh, don't really they don't really care they don't really put a uh, put much credence in that but your properties they do so if Trump goes in and says hey this golf course is worth a hundred million dollars and if and they're gonna they're gonna have their analysts go in and go well I don't know you know we're gonna look at the tax returns for that for that golf course we're gonna look at the tax returns for for that high rise building we're gonna look at the tax returns for each each individual property, and we're going to come up with what we think the value is. And we're going to come up with what we think the value is, and we're going to, we're going to um, correct that on the financial statement. And if it's a property that they're lending on, they're going to do their own appraisal. So she's claiming that, that Trump, Trump uh, got $250 million in loans based on 
based on overstated financials. I haven't heard anybody say the banks are going after him. I haven't heard anybody say that he didn't pay the loans back. I haven't heard him anybody say he's defaulted on his loans. And I can guarantee you before any bank makes a makes a $5 million loan, much less a $250 million loan, they do their own appraisal. And of course, even when you get an appraisal, appraisal is a, is a educated guess at what the value is. You know, the definition of an appraisal is the, the highest price that a, a buyer will pay and the lowest price the seller would accept on any given day. So in certain markets, uh, that, could be, that could be way different than what the data will, will support. But the, appraisals go, the appraisers go in and say, hey, based on, based on the sales of similar properties, this is what based in on commercial, they say based on the on the uh, the um, uh, capitalization rates on this property and based on on what is typical for this area, this is what we value this property at. And that's also an educated guess, but it's educated guess backed up by data. So when the when the New York City, New York City district attorneys trying to say, um, say that, hey, Trump has to pay the two hundred and fifty million dollars in fines. And he can't he can't own any property in New York. You know, this is just violating his his constitutional rights. How come it's how come it's not discrimination? I'll tell you a quick story of uh, my wife and I have leased a lot of vehicles in the past, and we had uh, one vehicle uh, that we leased in two thousand eight, uh, which was a Cadillac XL, XLRV supercharged uh, two seater uh, two seat two seater Roadster Cadillac Roadster with a you know hard top convertible. And at the time we bought it, we bought it just under a hundred thousand dollars. And in 2000, 2011, when we turned it in, uh, the market the market for a uh, hundred thousand dollar cars was was down. So typically, your your uh, residual your residual if you want to buy at the end of a lease, when you want to buy at the end of the lease, they say, hey, your your residual at at the end of at the end of three years, this is what the value of the car is going to be, and you can buy it for that. And typically, when you lease a vehicle, when you get to that point, if you look at the at the blue book value, the blue book value is higher than that, so it's easy to it's easy to finance, and it makes sense. In this particular case, the residual was like eighty three thousand or seventy three thousand, but the but the blue book value was like fifty two thousand. And I said, well, here's what I'm going to do: the how, the car's in perfect shape. I'm gonna and it's got new tires on it, everything. I said, I'm going to turn it in. I'm going to go wait in your lobby while you guys do the 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 safety check on it and you roll it back out on your on your lot and then I'm going to go buy it for um, then I'll sit there until you do that and then I'll just buy it for whatever uh uh blue book is blue book is cuz you're not going to get higher than retail blue book on uh on the car and they go oh wait you can't do that why can't I do it says because it's again it's against the rules we can sell it to anybody but we can't sell it to the person who leased it and I go, well, how's that not discrimination? I said, wait. And this was, remember, this is 2011 as the banks are doing all these short sales. And I said, and I told the, the guy at GMAC, I said, I tell you what, I record my shows on Thursday at the time. And I said, this was uh, Friday of the previous week. And I said, if this doesn't get resolved by Thursday, by Thursday next week, I'm going to go on the air and I'm going to tell everybody how GMAC uh, treats their customers. They're, they're repeat customers that pay their bills. As opposed to, I see you're doing short sales for all these people that defaulted on their payments. You're doing short sales and wiping all this stuff off. We're gonna see. We're gonna see how the public reacts to that. How you guys treat your customers that make their payments. 
And uh, Tuesday of the following week, I get some call from some lady at GMAC. Hi, Mr. Hoffman. This is such and such from GMAC in Kansas City. We just want to call and thank you for being such a good customer of of uh, of GMAC. And, and we already talked to Mike over at Dutton Motors. And we're going to sell you that car for $52,000. And we thank you for being a repeat customer. And I said, you know what? The, the thing that, that got them going is this is discrimination. Everybody in the whole country can buy that car except for me. Said, how is that not discrimination? Oh, don't say the D word. Don't say the D word. And how is this not not, uh, discriminating against Trump for any reason? Anyway, this is how I see the world, and this is how I see what's going on, and this is my, my my logical interpretation of it. And this is just, you know, if, if you guys are, if you guys are, or if you guys or your kids or your friends are looking at this, now oh, Trump's Trump's in trouble. Trump's breaking the laws and doing all this stuff. You know what? Take a step back, take a take a deep cleansing breath, and then think about it with your logically thinking brains and say, does this make sense to me? Is this America? So anyway, before I go any further, I'm going to talk about everything else that that was going on in uh, in the in the land of Biden and stuff that makes no sense. But before I do, let me quickly. Uh, introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about real estate financing uh, or or the possibility that you met, might be in the market, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. And uh, that'll take you to my lending page and uh, fill in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. And we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, If there's any part of the show you want repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Go to the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as as several past shows and uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you could have it and you can subscribe for free. And have it automatically download to your device. We uh, I record on Friday mornings. It uploads Friday afternoon, and it will shortly shortly thereafter download to your device, and you can listen to it anytime you want. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, so let's get on to uh, to the the wonderfully the 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 constantly changing tune of Joe Biden. After saying repeatedly he plans to run for re-election in 2024, Joe Biden is now changing his tune. We've all heard him give answers like this a few dozen times over the past year and a half. Have you decided whether you are going to run for re-election in 2024? You haven't set up a re-election campaign yet, as your predecessor had by this time. Have you? No, the answer is yes. My plan is to run for re-election. You said you would absolutely serve eight years if elected. Do you plan to run for re-election? Yes. But look, I'm a great respecter of fate. Fate has intervened in my life many, many times. If I'm in the health I'm in now, if I'm in good health, then, in fact, I would run again. Yeah, but in a 60-minute interview on Sunday, Biden blamed election laws for preventing him from making a firm decision now. Sir, are you committed to running again, or are there certain conditions that have to be right? Look, if I were to say to you I'm running again, all of a sudden a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do. In terms of election laws? In terms of election laws. And it's much too early to make that kind of decision. You say that 
it's much too early to make that decision. I take it the decision has not been made in your own head. Look, my intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again, but it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I run again? That remains to be seen. Yeah, what election laws are they talking about? According to The Hill, campaign finance laws would require him to disclose donors, cap his funding fundraising once he officially declares his candidacy. So in other words, uh, he would have to start abiding by the laws. You know, and, uh, you know, um, of course, if Trump even murmurs that he's for sure that he's for sure um, going to going to run, you know, the the FBI will start listening to everything he says and everything he does and and watching that. But I guess uh, for Biden, it'll uh, he'll tell his intentions, but he'll uh, you know, he'll he'll uh, him and holler and 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 uh, murmur stuff. And then until he actually files some papers, they won't uh, they won't start uh, holding him to uh, follow the laws. Even CNN is dissatisfied with Biden's answer. In CNN politics, Joe Biden is going to have to make his mind up on 2024 sooner than later. Biden was asked a very simple question. Had he decided whether to run again in, for president in 2024? The answer he gave was anything but straightforward, especially when you consider the following. Biden, currently 79, is the oldest person ever elected to a first presidential term. He would, he would take office at age 81 if reelected. He repeatedly cast himself as a bridge candidate to a younger generation on campaign trail in 2020. And speculation has, shift, has swirled almost since day one uh, that he took oath. Uh, about whether he'll run for re-election. Biden has to know that an answer like this one gave su- that he gave on Sunday will only fuel whispers that he may not be running again. Meanwhile, Democrats in Congress are taking the easy way out, saying we need to focus on the midterms right now. But that won't work in no- November. The voices you're about to hear are uh, uh, AOC from New York, Abigail Spanberger from Virginia, Cory Bush from Missouri, Chuck Schumer from New York, Tim Ryan from Ohio, Jerry Nadler, the Weeble from New York, uh, Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut, Bernie Sanders from Vermont, and Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island. You know, should he run again? I think that I, you know, I think it's, it's, we'll take a look at it. Okay. <laughs> but right now we need to focus on winning a majority instead of a presidential election. I'm looking squarely towards 2022 and the re-election ahead of me. Do you want to see Joe I Biden? I don't want to answer that question because we have not, that's not, yeah, I don't want to answer that question. Uh, do you believe President Biden should run for a second term? I have said if he runs, I'll support him. I'm working on my own election, and that's all I'm focused on right now. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to to deal with that until after the midterms. If he decides he wants to run, and I think his decision will be determined by how November ends for the Democratic Party. Do you want to see him run for re-election? Look, right now, my concern is electing more Democrats in this midterm election. Do you think he should run again? Uh, I'm going to duck that question, if you don't mind. Yeah, Sheldon Whitehouse, I'm going to duck that question, if you don't mind, which uh, you can which you know what that means. I don't want to say anything that's going to uh, embarrass anybody or get me uh, get me reprimanded by my colleagues because it's not going to be something good. It's not going to be something complimentary. And, um, you know, it's nobody wants to say that, you know, hey, do you think Biden should run for a new for a reelection? Why won't they just answer the question?
Of course, the election de- deflection wasn't Biden's only blender on the 60-minute interview. While strolling through the Detroit Auto Show with interviewer Scott Pelley, the same president who's currently pressuring Congress to throw another $22.4 billion at COVID testing, COVID treatments, and COVID vaccines before yet another deadline to fund the government by September 30th, said this. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, Biden, Biden sounds like a rain man when he's at uh, Mr. President, first Detroit auto, cent, auto show in six years. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what about COVID? Pandemic's over. Pandemic's over. And he's 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 he just doesn't even know what he's saying. Doesn't even know what he's saying. He, you know, you have to figure out what is what is my planned message, and then think about what you say before you answer questions. So now Democrats are yet again playing cleanup on aisle forty-six by attempting to defuse what Biden said without contradicting him. Here's Surgeon General uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy, Massachusetts Congressman Jake Auchincloss, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. And what the president's reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. He did not say COVID is extinguished. Mm-hmm. COVID-19 is going to be endemic for years to come. The good news is mortality rates are very low. Uh, and I think that's really what the president meant. The president said, and he was very clear in his 60 Minutes interview, that uh, you know COVID remains a problem and we're fighting it. What he believes is we can acknowledge uh, that uh, the, the ma- massive amount of progress that we have made. Yeah, we're just, that, well, this is what he meant. No, he said the pandemic's over, but he, that's not really what he meant. He's talking about the great progress that we've made. What progress have we made? Really? I mean, you go into the doctor now, you still have to wear your mask. And, uh, and for what? I mean, I, I walked into the doctor for a checkup yesterday, and, uh, and I see nobody wearing masks until I walk in. Well, if there's really, a, if there's really a, some danger there, why aren't you guys wearing your mask before I walk in? Oh, are you worried about me? Oh, okay. Well, then I put on my mask. Of course, then uh, the mask breaks because the mask you buy now these days are cheap. You put them around your ears, and then the, the thing just breaks. So they they give me another one, and uh, you know it's just it's just stupid. We flew in from Montana um, this week, and you know no one on the plane's wearing a mask, uh, but one of the flight attendants is. The other flight attendants aren't, and uh, you know it's just well, it's it's voluntary. It's voluntary if you want to. And, uh, it's just, it's now it's now, now it's, it's not a pandemic, which is a global thing. And it's not an endemic, which means it's an epidemic throughout our community. It's, uh, now it's just, Hey, the cold and flu season is here. So anyway, and if you paid attention this week to the news, uh, with, uh, the next health thing that's on before I uh, finish up the half, Stacey Abrams, apparently there's. Now they're they're talking about the abortion the abortion ban, and now Stacey Abrams uh, starts a starts a new uh, a new big crisis that she's now a doctor now uh, on top of being the the governor from the governor from uh, Georgia over these past uh, over these past oh wait oh wait she didn't get to be the governor but she was really elected they cheated to get a 
to get Brian Kemp in there. So she thinks she's been the governor of, uh, of Georgia all this time. And, uh, and now she's saying that, Hey, when you get a ultrasound for your baby, there's no, uh, there, there's no, uh, there's really not a heartbeat. You know, that you hear when, when they uh, do that, that's just, that's, that's not really a heartbeat. It's built into the ultrasound machines to make you think that it's a real human, human being inside of you. It's uh, it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disgusting. And, you know, the Democrats will say anything to to win an election. And this conspiracy theory that's that's babbling out of her mouth is just ridiculous. And hopefully, uh, hopefully when people start talking about that, uh, you can say, hey, you know what? I'm calling BS on this. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for uh, the, this half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of weather, weather, traffic, uh, sports and commercials. And I'll be right back with lots, lots more. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but uh, if, you, if you're in the market or you think you might be in the market, um, give me a call at 855-640-2020 if you want to find out. If you want to find out if you're in the market or if there's anything smart you should be doing, interest rates are, are way, way higher than they've been. Uh, inflation's off the hook. Um, gas prices are off the hook price of everything's off the hook. It's over the edge and interest rates. You know, what's interesting is we've seen the mortgage rates go up and the rates on your credit cards and, and realize when the Fed, when the Fed raises the Fed funds rate, the next day, the prime rate goes up, which means the, the interest rates on your credit cards go up. Interest rates on your HELOCs, your home equity lines of credit go up and uh, lots of other uh, consumer loans. Uh, they go up when the prime rate changes. and um, and so if you're paying attention on what you're doing with your money, get rid of that debt. Get rid of that debt. Um, but interest rates on mortgages are, are way higher than they have been. And chances are they'll stay up there for a while longer, um, probably into 2024. So uh, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking you need to do something, call me and I'll, talk some, I'll, talk, uh, I'll try to give you some clear, some clear guidance. And uh, if it doesn't make sense for you to do anything, I'll tell you that. And uh, I spend I spend more time telling people, hey, this doesn't make any sense because um, you're not in that much debt um, that you that you need to do that. But uh, but thank God for President Biden. He's making everything better, isn't he? You know, we don't want Trump in there because he because he because uh, he tweets mean things and he's so divisive, so disruptive to our country. But we want Joe Biden because he he's not disrupting anything. He's disrupting your lives. I have lots of money, so I don't have to worry about uh, the price of gas. But it still bothers me when I when I see fi- a five in the front of something that used to be a a one or a two. Um, I'll tell you that on the on the 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 week before the election in Bullhead City, Arizona, when uh, President Trump came in, uh, landed Air Force One in there to do a, a rally, and uh, Don and I were there. And uh, on the way home, we filled up our tank at a buck seventy-two a gallon for gallon for Supreme. Then we got into California, and it was three thirty-nine. As we got uh, almost home, and we filled it back up, it was three thirty-nine, which is a is a big uh, is a big hoo hoo to uh, to California. Thanks for bumping up all those all those taxes. 
And then, uh, of course, now uh, add two dollars to all that, to all, to all that. So uh, I think I think uh, I think Arizona's probably in the in the high fours now, and uh, California's in the mid fives. So it's ugly. It's ugly out there. So let's talk about uh, Biden's next uh, blunder uh, at the UN. So he spoke at the uh, he addressed the seventy seventh United Nations General Assembly this week with plenty of tough talk that still fell short. But hours before Biden's speech Wednesday morning, Vladimir Putin gave a surprise televised address to announce that he was drafting everyone who had ever served in the Russian military to help him win his deadly war on Ukraine, as Russia plans to annex four Ukrainian provinces as uh, Russian territory. And the reason that he's having to do that, you know, hey, this big super military power uh, is finding out that, hey, you know what, those guys aren't as committed as the people in Ukraine, because they don't know what they're fighting for. Hey, we're just going to go after Ukraine and we're going to take, we took Crimea, we're going to try and take the rest. And their guys don't know what they're fighting for. They're there saying, hey, you know, these are, we got orders to go do this, but, you know, should we really be shooting these people? Is this really, is this really what we're about? And the, and the Ukrainian people, they know what they're fighting for. They're fighting for their lives. They're fighting for their country. They're fighting to, uh, to, to keep their country. Reminds me of a scene from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I, for one, would rather die than to spend my life in hiding. The sheriff calls us outlaws. But I say we are free. And one free man defending his home is more powerful than 10 hired soldiers. Yes, they are. taught me that. I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, then I say we can win. Yep, I say I say we can win because we know what we're fighting for. We're fighting with a with a whole bunch more heart. You could go back to the to the Rocky the Rocky movies and see, hey, you know what? Uh Rocky beat all the odds because of his heart. And that was kind of the uh the whole the whole theme behind the whole series of of uh, Rocky Balboa movies um, is heart. And that's the difference between what the Russians are doing and what the Ukrainian people are fighting for. After Putin made this announcement that he's going to start drafting everyone who'd ever served in the Russian army, according to Reuters, Russian men of fighting age began fleeing immediately after Putin's address. Flights out of Russia quickly sold out, but in some towns, police were barring men from leaving. In the same address, Putin threatened nuclear war on the West for helping Ukraine. If the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will without doubt use all available means to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff. And those who try to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the prevailing winds can also blow in their direction. I don't believe I don't believe that Putin or anybody else wants to wants to go to nuclear war because they know everybody loses when that happens. But you know what? If we had a strong leader, if we had a strong leader like we had before uh, the 2020 election was stolen, um, we don't have to worry about that because they know that they know that we're going to retaliate if they if they do something that's that's uh, against what we think is right. That we're going to retaliate. We're not going to attack you guys until you attack us or you attack somebody else. We're going to stick up. We're going to stick up for the. The people that can't fight for themselves and we're going to ward off bullies. But Putin realizes there's weakness here. No, hey, Biden, Biden, the Russians are 
are uh, lining up at the at the Ukrainian border. Uh, should we start sanctions? Well, they didn't do anything yet. Yeah, they're lining up there. That's when you. That's when Trump would have said, "Hey, we're putting these sanctions on you until you guys back the hell off. We know what you're going to do. We're not going to wait for you to start killing people. You back off, or or we won't take the sanctions off." Of course, we didn't want to upset them because they might use nuclear nuclear uh, nuclear weapons on us. Well, we have nuclear weapons too, and apparently our guys are more passionate about about fighting than they are because we don't fight for no reason. Now by now to Biden's UN speech. While he talked tough against Putin, he stopped short of saying Russia needed to be kicked out of the UN Security Council. Let's listen. Let us speak plainly. A permanent member of the United Nations Security Council invaded its neighbor, attempted to erase a sovereign state from the map. Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the United Nations Charter. No more important than the clear prohibition against countries taking the territory of their neighbor by force. Again, just today, President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. Now, Russia's calling, calling up more soldiers to join the fight, and the Kremlin is organizing a sham referenda to try to annex parts of Ukraine, an extremely <clears throat> significant violation of the UN Charter. The problem is that, that Biden never talks tough. All he did, does is read someone else's word, what someone else wrote. No, he's, uh, he's not tough. He's a puppet. And no one and no one thinks otherwise, except maybe eh, my sister in Pennsylvania and maybe uh, Rob Reiner. Uh, maybe he thinks that Biden is tough. Um, but, you know, he says, hey, he made a threat to uh, to our uh, allies in, in Europe. I think he was making a threat to us, too. But Biden didn't want to say that because he didn't want to have to be held accountable and say, hey, somebody's threatening you. Somebody's threatening you on to cut to for the. The winds to blow in our direction. You didn't you didn't recognize that? So Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador to UN, who represented us at the UN under Trump, also thought the president could have called out Russia's allies, China and Iran. Why didn't he? Um, it was strong words. Now he's got to follow it with strong actions. Get with NATO. Make sure that you're sending anti-drone equipment. Make sure you're getting the equipment. We don't need to send blank checks to Ukraine. You need to make mm. sure they have the ability to defend themselves. What he didn't do, which I wish he would have gone further, is call out the countries that are helping Russia. Call out the fact that China is helping. Call out the fact that Iran's sending drones. Call out North Korea for doing rockets. In the United Nations setting, the best thing to do is to call out everybody that's doing anything that's helping the bully, that's helping the dictator. Yeah, you know what? Uh, before I speak in front of anybody, I always think about my audience. And I go, okay, what message do I want to give to them when I speak in front of them? And, you know, unfortunately, Biden's speech, speechwriters don't understand the object of the game. And and consider the audience there. Hey, you've got all these leaders from all these countries. What message do you want to send to them? Do you want to just do a do a uh, a photo op and uh, hey, some clips for the for the uh, for the news agencies to put out to put out there of of you saying what's going on? Hey, I'm aware of what's going on. Yeah, what message are you trying to send to these other leaders in the country?
You know what? You got China there who's helping Russia. You got Iran who's helping Russia. You got North Korea who's who's out there. Uh, and even though they're probably not part of part of the UN, you know, they're all listening. All the world leaders are listening, whether they're in that in that room or not. And what's the message that you want to send them? He doesn't have a clue, and his speechwriters don't, because we didn't cre- we didn't uh, create the most competent cabinet. We created the most diverse cabinet. We wanted to make sure there was some LGBT people in there, some trannies in there, and some uh, and some black people, and some white people, and some Asian people. And you know, it, it doesn't matter who's the best of the best. Who's the best person for the job? That's the person that we want in those positions leading our country, backing up the president of the United States. Nope. That's not that's not really what Biden went for. He went for the most diverse and incompetent cabinet he could have. And uh, and now about and and how about this? Biden granted an entry visa for Iran's president, Ibrahim Raisi, and his delegation so they could come to the assembly. Nikki Haley had thoughts on this and other evidence of Biden's weaknesses. None of this would have happened had we not had the debacle in Afghanistan. None of these threats around the world would have happened. But when you go and you show weakness, the enemies see an opportunity. You know, it wasn't just Afghanistan. It was the fact that when Russia hacked the pipeline and the food processing plant, they didn't do that to destabilize us. They did it to see what we would do. We didn't do anything. The idea that he's falling all over himself to get into the Iran deal, it is literally unbelievable to me that you have had Iran do strikes on American soldiers in Syria. You've red-listed, multiple of us are red-listed with Iran. Assassination attempts to Americans, and Biden granted Raisi visa mm. to come give a speech at the United Nations? Why? Why would you do that? And yet, do you want the Iran deal so bad that you're going to let a killer who's tried to kill Americans on U.S. soil you're going to let him come give a speech on the world stage? That's the question. That's the issue we should have major problems. Yeah, it's uh, no disrespect to Nikki Haley, who was our UN ambassador. And I think she's I think she was a great one and used to be the governor of South Carolina. And no disrespect to her because she's a woman. But I just don't think that America is ready for a woman president yet. But if we if we are going in that direction, Nikki Haley would be one that I would support. But it's got to be super embarrassing to be a man and be the president of the United States and be called out by Nikki Haley and called a wimp, called called weak. It's got to be pretty embarrassing. I I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine. I can't imagine being the president and having and having uh, somebody talk to me like that. Um, of course, if I was the president, I would be much more like Trump and saying, "Hey." I'm elected to be strong. And even though this might personally scare me a little bit, I have to be strong for our country because that's the that's the position I was elected to take. And we, you know, we're peace through strength. We don't we don't wimp out and we don't uh, act like we're scared. And uh, and we do, you know, when somebody calls us out, we react. So anyway, also ridiculous was the amount of time devoted to climate change. While Biden reinforced Russia 19 times in his speech. Uh, the so-called climate crisis came in a close second with 13 mentions. Here's some of it where he started bragging about the Inflation Reduction Act. And now I've signed a historic piece of legislation here in the United States that includes the biggest, most important climate commitment we have ever made in the history of our country. 
$369 billion toward climate change. That includes tens of billions in new investments in offshore wind and solar, doubling down on zero-emission vehicles, increasing energy efficiency, supporting clean manufacturing. This is a global game-changer, and none too soon. We don't have much time. This need is enormous. So let this be the moment we find within ourselves the will to turn back the tide of climate devastation, the devastation and unlock a resilient, sustainable, clean energy economy to preserve our planet. Yeah, offshore, tens of billions of dollars in offshore windmills. Well, that's, that's, uh, that makes me feel good about the tax money I have to pay. And no, we don't have much time. It's been three or four years since they told us it was only, we only had 12 years before we uh, before the world's over if we don't start addressing climate change. And I have to imagine the the Chinese people in the in the UN and the uh, and Chinese and the Indians and all that stuff. They're they're just laughing at us. You guys spent three hundred sixty nine billion dollars to combat climate change. We're just polluting the hell out of the of everything, making our economy grow. Well, you guys spend all your money on climate change. And then, of course, we just throw our smoke in the air and the earth turns and it cleans out our air, but it just pollutes yours just the same. Uh, I wonder if he thinks that you can clean up the air above the United States uh, without a, a, a being affected by the, the skies everywhere else. Did anybody tell Biden that the earth turns, that it, uh, it spins, that's what makes days, and that it uh, rotates around the sun? That creates uh, that creates uh, seasons. Did anybody tell him about that? And did you notice that every three months there's climate change because of that? Because of our rotation around the around the sun and the tilt of the earth. Somebody should tell Biden that because of what he's doing. Anyway, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty disgusting. Um, but we don't have much time. I'm gonna I'm gonna be super. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be celebrating in 2030. I'm going to say, hey, look, we're still here. I don't care what Greta Thunberg said. I don't care what, what AOC said. We're still here. Guess what? And I'm still driving a gas-guzzling supercar. What a bunch of idiots. I just can't, I just can't even imagine myself driving an electric car. I won't say I never will, but there's something about waiting in line waiting in line behind five people and each time it takes 45 minutes to charge up your car and uh, hey 45 minutes and 45 minutes and 45 minutes and there's five people in line i think i burned about uh 300 miles worth of uh, progress on my trip waiting for all those people my son has two teslas and uh when he comes when he drives to, to come and see us it takes him twice as long as it would would if he had a gas car because it's got to stop and you know you plan your Plan your stops to charge up your vehicle on a on a road, and it may be great. It may be great for those of you that commute locally, and then you just plug them in in your garage uh, when you get home. Of course, you can't plug them in between four and nine because that's when the then they want you to not charge your cars. Uh, so, so if you go to bed early, uh, then you just don't charge your car, I guess, or you have to wake up wake up after nine and plug it in. Um, pretty ridiculous. So anyway, let's uh, let's get on. Let's get on to this. Uh, this week, we learned that our Border Patrol has arrested more people on the FBI's terror watch list than any other year in record. New Border Patrol data shows that in fiscal year 2022, federal agents at the border arrested 78 terror watch list suspects. 
In 2021, they arrested only 15. In 2020, they arrested only three. Of course, in 2020, uh, we had a president named Donald Trump. He had a travel ban. Uh, We had the border wall going up. Uh, It was known to all the immigrants that that the uh, that the uh, that the border was closed. And of course, and remember, we learned last week that the uh, Border Patrol has encountered two million migrants this year that we know of. But when asked, Biden claimed the reason this isn't I'll start that over. When asked, Biden claimed the reason that this isn't his fault has something to do with the shift in the migrants countries of origin. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never have there are fewer there are fewer immigrants coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. You could send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. When he took office, they were coming from the Northern Triangle, countries like El Salvador, Guatemala, Guatemala, and Honduras. The White House spin is that since they're now coming from communist countries, it's a whole different crisis than the one he started two years ago, and therefore it's not his fault. Of course, uh, what did he do? What did he do uh, uh, two years ago that started this? Oh yeah, he told everybody to come over. You don't think the people from Cuba uh, that typically want to get out of Cuba because it hasn't didn't just start? It wasn't a communist regime over there that just started two years ago. Um, you don't think that that's the problem? Uh, because otherwise, they just they just come across from Cuba straight over to Florida. So, but instead, they're going over to Mexico and coming and walking over the border. Uh, and people from Venezuela and you know people from the Middle East, they're not getting on planes. They're they're uh, they're getting on planes to Mexico and then just walking over the border. Also, this week, reports leaked that the White House is uh, fed up with Fox reporter Bill Malusian, you know the guy with the great hair. Uh, for, you know, uh, showing America what's actually happening at their border. From Politico, in recent days, several White House and administration officials expressed their increasing frustration with Malusian's on-air coverage, arguing that there's an alarmist quality to it. The article goes on to say that the White House's primary gripes with Malusian are, gripe number one, he's tech-savvy and uses drones. In fact, Fox has reported that the FAA has attempted to restrict them from using drones because they're trying to keep Fox from covering what's happening. Hmm, why wouldn't the administration want reporters getting drone footage of migrants drowning in the Rio Grande on their watch? I don't know. Gripe two, he's doing Kamala Harris's job. Political reports the White House says Malusian reporting is designed to feed political narratives rather than illuminate the actual issues feeding the migrant flow. Isn't that why they made Kamala the border czar to address root causes? Oh my God. Gripe three, he gets tipped off by Republican governors. The White House was furious when Bill Malusian knew before they did that Ron DeSantis had chartered two planes to transport 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. According to Corrine Jean-Pierre, that's the real outrage. Also, the fact that the, that Fox News and not the Department of Homeland Security, the city or local NGOs were alerted about a plan to leave migrants, including children on the side of a busy DC street makes clear that this is just a cruel premeditated political stunt. This is what they are doing. Yeah, wasn't the whole opening the border a, a cool premeditated political stunt 
that, hey, you know what, this isn't good for our country, but it's whatever Trump did, we have to undo. And everything he he undid, we have to we have to turn back on. Bexar County Sheriff Javier Salazar, who opened a criminal investigation this week, said that we shouldn't be giving we should be giving the 50 Venezuelan migrants jobs and restaurants throughout San Antonio and holding DeSantis accountable for giving them a free flight to one of the nicest towns in America. I believe that they were preyed upon. Somebody came from out of state, preyed upon these people, um, lured them with promises of of a better life, which is what they were absolutely looking for to just be uh, exploited and uh, hoodwinked into making this trip to Florida and then onward to Martha's Vineyard for what I believe to be nothing more than political posturing uh, to make a point. Yeah, remember, there's uh, signs up in Martha's Vineyard um, that say, we, the, the island of Martha's Vineyard, we respect women. We value black lives. We stand with our LGBTQ community members. We stand with immigrants, with refugees and indigenous peoples, uh, and with people of all faiths. We stand with our community. All are welcome here. Hate has no business here. And of course, uh, we found out that that was just a political sign in their yard because once the migrants got there, all hell broke loose. And of course, they, they, when they figured out that everybody was watching, they did the, the generous thing of sending them off the island to a military base. So anyway, this is, uh, this is what's really happening and my opinion of it. So, folks, I'm all out of time for the, this episode of the main event. So uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.